is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and the Catholic Review. For the first time in 60 years, a new Catholic school has been built in the city of Baltimore. In our second segment, we'll tell you more about Mother Mary Lang Catholic School and bring you some of the sounds from its blessing ceremony. But first, we talk with Dr. Donna Hargens, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. She'll let us know what's in store for the coming academic year. Dr. Donna Hargens, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you for having me. Last year was, was such a challenging year for everyone with the pandemic, and, and especially for the Catholic school systems, because you had to change on a dime everything you were doing. Uh, could you talk about the, the adaptability that the Catholic schools showed last year, and maybe a little bit about what you learned from, from last year and, and what you hope to bring from that experience into this coming year? Well, as I think back on the 2021 school year, I think of our vision to use your God-given gifts in service to the mission of Jesus. And that's what we saw demonstrated in our schools. Our teachers and school-based staff really worked to create this hybrid model to meet the needs of both in-person and remote learners, all while keeping Catholic identity incredibly strong. So I look at it and think of service. In-person learning, connecting with the classroom is beneficial to students, and our Catholic educators demonstrated uh, that service and that commitment and that passion for, for what they do. And what was the hybrid approach? How did that work for your students and, and the teachers? Well, it was uh, the in-person learners, and then we used technology to invite remote learners into the classroom. So it was incredibly difficult for teachers to manage both worlds. Uh, but again, they did a fabulous job. Uh, and we're fortunate this year that we're going to be 100% uh, in person in our environment. So, uh, but again, what they did was managed and pivoted. And they also learned a lot about using technology, how you can use technology to benefit learners, knowing that the real experience of learning happens with the teacher and students in the classroom. And what was the response of the parents to, uh, to the situation last year and then going into this year? Parents were incredibly grateful to our educators for providing that instruction for their students. And I would say we always have a strong partnership between educators and parents. But this, going through COVID, the gift of COVID was that that partnership was strengthened. And the reason the year was successful, we, I have to give credit to the educators, uh, but also to the parents who were truly partners in making everything work. As we record this interview, the Archdiocese just announced a new masking policy for Catholic schools in the coming year. And, and this, this has been such a difficult thing for for schools to grapple with. Could you talk about what, what the approach is for the archdiocese in regards to masking for students? 
we are planning for 100% in-person learning. Uh, we are embracing the year of the Eucharist and counter Christ's presence, and we know one of the four ways to encounter Christ's presence is in community. So as we create this school community and family, what we're doing is what we're calling layering of protocols. We learned a lot last year, the importance of uh, disinfecting service, surfaces, hand sanitization, uh, just uh, movement, uh, and all the things that we learned. And we're layering the protocol. So we're using a data-driven approach by cases per 100,000 by county so that when the data reaches a certain level, we'll layer on the, the protocol of masking. And when the data uh, goes down and the cases go down, then we'll remove that layer or make that layer optional. So we want to create an environment, though, where we're respectful of the choice of um, a parent when that that is optional, so or um, and of of a family. So again, it's layered protocols. We learned a lot about ventilation. We learned a lot. Our churches and parishes did a wonderful job of keeping everybody safe. So again, we've learned to layer protocols to keep everyone safe. And if a jurisdiction says that masking would be mandated, then that would supersede this policy. Is that right? That is correct. If there is an order, uh, uh, like, for instance, in Baltimore City, there is currently an order that would supersede our guidance, and we would follow that order. And this would be on a weekly basis in terms of whether the students need to be masked based on the data? Is that how it works? Uh, each week there would be a, a message that goes out? Correct. Sunday evening the school will send a message to parents letting them know which, uh, which status they're in. And again, it's masks are mandatory or masks are optional, but the school will communicate directly with parents, so it won't be confusing. Uh, so parents will know on Sunday night what the status of the week is. Okay. And what is the archdiocesan policy regarding vaccinations in the schools? We are recommending that people consider being vaccinated and be vaccinated, but they are not required. While this all this difficulty with the pandemic was going on, you were also working on the strategic plan at the same time, and I understand that you actually completed that strategic planning. Could you talk about that and the challenge of balancing that, that important project with the important project of just trying to keep the schools going during a pandemic? Well, our educators did a great job of just maintaining the focus. So our mission is to provide a Christ-centered academically excellent education that focuses on the full on the full potential of every child. So that's what they maintained their focus on. Our strategic plan is broadly that it has four pillars, Catholic identity, academic excellence, governance and collaboration, and then stewardship, financial sustainability and uh, and marketing and enrollment. So what we're blessed with is that we have an increase in enrollment uh, for this school year, for the 21-22 school year, uh, so about an 8% increase in enrollment. So we're grateful for the, the parents that have made inquiries and have made applications, and we're grateful that more children will access Catholic education in the 21-22 school year. How many students, roughly, do you estimate will be enrolled in the coming school year? 
We estimate um, in total in between 15 and 17,000, so it's up a little less than 1,000. Okay. And why do you think you've seen that increase? Why, why are par parents interested in Catholic education now? I think our educators get the credit for doing such an amazing job and parents recognizing that and hearing about the amazing job that they did and wanting, again, to inquire. And then we have admissions directors who responded to the inquiries. So definitely a team effort to make sure that parents knew about us when they inquired. So, uh, and again, I think uh, it, all the credit goes to the wonderful work that was done in our schools. You mentioned that this is the year of the Eucharist. How will the students be learning about the Eucharist this year in the Catholic school system? Well, our, our whole calendar revolves around the year of the Eucharist. So uh, there will be lessons and there will be highlights during the year. Um, we actually have a, um, a one of our uh, talented music teachers is writing a song. Um, Casey Buckstaff is one of our principals, is doing uh, some of the work along with Kristen Urbanski. They will actually be providing resources on a website for our schools to use, like prayer services, like focus areas, uh, and lessons, specific lessons that will revolve around Year of the Eucharist. So uh, again, that's the perfect theme because again, we encounter Christ in each other in community, and that's what the 21-22 school year will be about. There have been so many polls that, that show Catholics don't really understand what the Eucharist is all about, so this seems like such an important effort if you, if you can start educating them at the youngest age. Uh, are, you, are you encouraged by uh, having a year of the Eucharist and, and what kids can learn about what the Eucharist really is? It, it is the perfect theme. And it is important for our students to understand. Uh, and again, uh, our role is to really make sure that our students have a strong foundation and they grow spiritually as well as academically. So this is an opportunity for all of our students. And we really want to capture stories of, of how students encounter Christ's presence. So actually, uh, our students and our staff. Um, so in the context of being in a Catholic school, how are they encountering Christ's presence? And when does the school year open? August 30th. Right around the corner. Great. Yes. Dr. Hoggins, Superintendent of the Catholic Schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Our guest this segment has been Dr. Donna Hargins, Superintendent for Catholic Schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. When we come back, we'll talk about Mother Mary Lang Catholic School, the first Catholic school built in the city of Baltimore in 60 years. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. We'll be back in a moment. potential potential of mind potential of body potential of spirit if there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day where the limits of greatness once unseen could now be within reach 
Catholic schools rise above. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. When Teresa Buck was still in high school at Mount DeSales Academy in Catonsville, she took a standardized assessment test meant to give some indication of the kind of career that would best suit her talents, personality, and interests. Topping the list of potential careers according to the assessment, ministry as a nun. Not only did the former parishioner of St. Agnes in Catonsville enter the Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration at Our Lady of the Angels Monastery in rural Alabama, she now has been entrusted with the leadership of the internationally known monastery. Buck, whose religious name is Mother Mary Paschal of the Lamb of God, was elected abbess July 29, taking on the same post that was once held by Mother Angelica, founder of both the monastery and the Global Catholic Communications Network, EWTN. The Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration are a community of cloistered nuns whose charism is centered on adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. The religious community, established in France in 1854, has monasteries that act autonomously. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The Jesuit footprint on local education expanded August 19th when the announcement that the Loyola Early Learning Center, an initiative of St. Ignatius Parish in Baltimore and the Jesuit USA East Province, will open a kindergarten in September with plans to grow into a pre-K through grade 4 school serving low-income families. The tuition-free mission will take on a new name, the Loyola School, and open September 7th, with as many as a dozen students who graduated pre-K August 19th. In spring 2022, the Loyola School plans to convert houses at 104 through 122 East Madison Street across from the north side of St. Ignatius on Calvert Street into a school facility. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matasek. Tomorrow, August 30th, the doors to the new Mother Mary Lang Catholic School in West Baltimore will open to welcome 400 students to the first Catholic school to be built in the city in six decades. The pre-K through 8th grade school is a 65,000 square foot facility located along Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. It is named in honor of Mother Mary Lang, the foundress of the Baltimore-based Oblate Sisters of Providence, the first religious community for women of African descent. In 1828, Mother Lang also founded the first Catholic school in the United States for black children, what is today known as St. Francis Academy in East Baltimore. The Archdiocese of Baltimore held a blessing for the new $24 million Mother Mary Lang Catholic School August 6, featuring numerous community leaders. We'd like to share some of the excitement of that day with you now, starting with some comments from Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. Uh, Like the Archbishop, I believe very strongly that every single child in Maryland deserves uh, access to a a world-class education regardless of what neighborhood they happen to grow up in. 
and we're working toward that goal with historic record investments in education seven years in a row. And we fought to provide thousands of scholarships for deserving students to attend non-public schools. And today, I want to announce that we will also be directing another $39 million more in federal funding to provide additional relief for non-public schools to address some of the impacts of COVID-19. Providing equitable access to education depends on the vision and the leadership of our community partners as well. And there's no better example of that than this beautiful new school named in honor of Mother Mary Lang, who was a visionary who understood the life-changing power of a good education. The Archdiocese of Baltimore anticipates that tuition assistance will be offered for 80 to 90 percent of the student population here. It's just going to be so wonderful to see those 400 kids here on their first day of school. Uh, this state-of-the-art facility includes a STEM suite. I can't wait to see it. A digital media center, uh, art and music rooms, athletic fields, and a new performance stage. And it is within these classrooms that deserving students will be given the skills and the opportunities that they need to reach their full potential. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us, his disciples, that uh, if they only had faith as small as a mustard seed, nothing would be impossible. For so many children here in Baltimore City, the Mother Mary Lang Catholic School will be that mustard seed, that seemingly small but powerful change that could make all the difference and result in unlimited possibilities for the future. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott called the opening of the new Mother Mary Lang Catholic School an investment in the future of the city. I am so honored to be here today on this beautiful day that the Lord has made uh, to celebrate the opening of this wonderful new school right here in West Baltimore. Uh, I was here uh, right before the pandemic, Mr. Governor, as we were breaking the ground on this facility. And I, I told the Archbishop then, and I'll tell everyone else, for me, uh, this has a little bit of more personal. Uh, as a young man, Mr. Governor, as you know, I worked for my family's business putting in air conditioning and heating, and I actually, as a teenager, did it at the Lexington Towers townhouses that we see. And remember, for us, Mr. Council President, Senator, Councilwoman, Councilman, what used to stand here when we were growing up here in Baltimore City. Uh, this is a true uh, mark of what transformation through the power of the Lord looks like. Uh, because if you would have asked me when I was 13, 12, 10 years old, uh, that we would see a brand new school, Catholic school, built here on this site, I would have told you maybe that's not possible. But... Uh, as we heard earlier, uh, one thing that we know that Baltimore and all of us that love Baltimore show and prove again and again that in Baltimore, impossible is nothing. Everything is possible when we all come together. And it's a very humbling moment to stand here with you. Uh, this ceremony highlights and is a tangible reminder of our mission uh, to inspire a lifelong passion for learning and help our youth become the best version of themselves with integrity and responsibility at the core. 
uh, grand opening ceremonies like this provide the opportunity to reflect on everything that it took to get to this point. We owe it, as you heard the governor say, to our students and all of our young people to provide environments that are conducive to learning and growth that includes 21st century school facilities like the one here behind it. We all know that far too many young people uh, in Baltimore, across our state, and we are all working together to change that, don't have the opportunity to go to a school like Principal Jordan's students are about to attend. And that doesn't have to be, and we all have to work together to make sure that it doesn't continue in the future. Uh, that's why I'm so excited to be here today for the opening of the Mother Mary Lang School. It's not just another school. It's about uh, the vision that the Archbishop, that everyone has for their continued commitment to the community. And let me say thank you, Archbishop, not just for not wavering on this school, but for always continuing to believe and invest in Baltimore City and invest in areas and in people that many people are afraid to do so with. James Selinger, Chancellor of Education for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, said the Archdiocese believes in the power of education to change lives. At a time when many rightly search for answers to the challenges facing our city, we once again offer one solution that has proven to be the right answer time and time again. Education changes lives. It's a game changer, and investing in education of children is investing in our community this community. It's been my profound honor to spearhead this product, project for Archbishop Lori, whose commitment to reaching this day never wavered. When some may have given him reasons why this day would never come, he worked harder and longer to ensure this day would indeed be a reality. Alicia Jordan, the first principal of Mother Mary Lang Catholic School, began working more than a year ago meeting with families and community members and recruiting teachers and staff for the new school. She drew attention to the state-of-the-art facility, which includes a turf field, gymnasium, cafeteria, art and science rooms, a library, and a chapel. To see this all coming into being is miraculous. This building is simply beautiful, and I can't wait for all of my students to fill the halls on August 30th. And I repeat, all of my students. They are anxious and excited. We have been given tours since May, and I can tell you that the families are ready. They are ready for a new beginning. They are ready to be a part of history. Yes, I repeat, a part of history, because this is the first school, the first Catholic school being built in the city of Baltimore in over 60 years. Who would have ever thought that anyone would attempt to build a school during a pandemic? However, by the grace of God, we are standing here well and thrilled about the journey we are about to embark on. The students, the families, and this community are joining together as one. We are walking by faith on one accord because we are a family. This school marks a beginning for the city of Baltimore. It is a symbol that education matters and that it is important that we continue to provide our students a place that is safe, secured, and rooted in academics so that we, when I repeat we, can continue to ignite the flames of our young people. Mother Mary Lane Catholic School will nurture the minds, bodies, spirits, and of, and of all students. Mother Mary Lang is upon us. Her spirit will continue to live in the students, families, and faculty of the school. 
Archbishop William E. Lurie acknowledged how the Archdiocese worked with city and state leaders and community partners to make the new Mother Mary Lang Catholic School possible. He called attention to the state's BOOST program that provides scholarships for low-income families to find the best educational opportunities, including non-public schools. The Archbishop also thanks Sister Rita Michelle Proctor, Superior General of the Oblate Sisters of Providence, for their support of the school, noting that a member of the religious community will serve on the staff of Mother Mary Lang Catholic School. One thing I've thought about for a long time is the need for us to have Mother Mary Lang, Servant of God, declared a saint. Right. And we're on the road. There's progress being made. But one thing you got to have for the Pope to declare a blessed and a saint is a miracle. What do you think? I think this new school qualifies, don't you? Finally, we leave you with some words from Jayla Golder, an incoming eighth grader to Mother Mary Lang Catholic School. In May, I had the opportunity to come here with my classmates to a retreat for the rising 7th and 8th grade leaders of the school. Sister Rita Michelle and St. Francis Academy hosted the retreat. During our time together, I learned the saying, walking by faith, coming together as one. And I believe that it means when we further our faith together, we can grow as one in Christ. I know that I will be able to carry that saying as I grow and move forward with my Catholic education. I intend to follow in the footsteps of Mother Lang by leading others to do good and trying my best to stand up for those who aren't big enough, big enough to stand up for themselves. I hope to set an example for the other students of a Christ-like yet fun-filled life. To learn more about Mother Mary Lang Catholic School, visit mmlcs.org. Again, that's mmlcs.org. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead... Let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love. <laughs>